Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for men in their 40s who want to improve their health through nutrition and fitness. This is episode 139, and on today's episode, we are going to be discussing men's mental fitness. By combining both physical and mental health, we can realise our true potential. Joining me is Anna Ville. Anna has 20 years experience in the wellness industry. She's a men's mindset and body coach, working with the likes of CEOs to the English Premiership Rugby Club Saracens and even the Royal Marines. Hi Anna, thanks very much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? I'm oh, brilliant. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. We are opposite ends of the, the time zone. So you, what time is it for you now? Oh, it's coming up about half six, I think. So just on time yeah. for dinner. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> same, it's hot, nearly half seven here. So in the UK. So excellent. I'm really pleased that you agreed to come on the podcast today. Uh, we've got a very interesting topic to talk about. Uh, one which I feel that could probably go on for hours. But um for people that haven't come across you before, um, can you give us a little bit of background on yourself and how you've gotten to where you're at today? Yeah, sure. My name's Anna and it's um, firstly, it's really great to be on here. So thanks for the invitation. But um, I'm a mindset coach specialising in men's mental fitness. So I've chosen probably one of the hardest niches uh, to work with, um, but I love a challenge. And the reason being is that I spent 18 years in the health and fitness industry, predominantly working with males in rugby clubs, football clubs, um, and doing sports massage therapy, which ultimately led to um, these sort of men having a space where they could come and talk freely about what was going on for them, um, kind of from the big issues to the little issues, really. So about four years ago, I uh, transitioned into the coaching space, and um, that's that's what's kind of led me to us, us catching up. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, you know, look, it's men's mental health and mental health in general is obviously a huge topic. It's something that's being spoken about a lot, which is great. Um, but I think men in particular, and like you and I were talking about before we started recording, men over 40, it's just a challenge, right? It's just one of those, I don't know, periods in life when perhaps you have a massive life event that makes you wake up or maybe you don't. Um, but maybe you realize that things aren't quite either how you, how you think they should be or how you would like them to be. So to, to, to kind of kick it off then really, I'd, I'd kind of like to, to talk about kind of what, what would lead us up to that point where we think that actually life isn't going in the trajectory where you know where I want it to go or I feel like I'm struggling but isn't that what life is all about so what would you kind of how would you start off with that <laughs> yeah well I mean I liken it to my personal training days uh, often you would see people that would have um, a health scare and that would be the thing that right. would take them to to start with the exercise and 
often um, in, in terms of mental health, and we don't even have to talk about it from the broad spectrum, um, from burnout to breakdown, but there will be some chinks in the armour. So it, it might well be that the partners start to notice that um, the husband or, um, or partner might be more reserved, a bit more withdrawn, perhaps they've got children and they're snapping at the children more often than they would do yeah. ordinarily. Just little behaviour changes that on their own probably would not get noticed but if they start to accumulate and um, that's when the the kind of cracks start to show so the problem I think we find is is that um like you say people just assume and I speak to so many people go well that's just life isn't it like yeah. of course I'm going to give up and it's almost like they're giving up their identity by becoming um a uh, well, I mainly see sort of um, heterosexual males who are married with children yeah. and there's, there's that kind of element of well my past life's gone and now I'm yes. this you know breadwinner um, or you know sometimes in, in, in a lot of cases now both pa parents are working very very hard and there's that identity shift and they don't know who they are in the relationship or where they sit um, so I, I think it's a case of um, people taking a good honest look in the mirror and realizing that it isn't just what what happens when you turn 40 or when you become yeah. a parent like life is for living and for every day that we're um has passed uh, is one one and it sounds depressing but we're one step closer to our grave and so yeah. actually do you want to just be on that trajectory or do you want to do something about it and that's where kind of I step in and ask those those important questions yeah, but I, I and I think, you know, it's whilst this conversation is happening, right? <clears throat> I don't know, I felt this myself. You kind of hear this maybe in the media, you'll hear people talk about it, or you come across people like yourself. But our massive male ego will get in our way, right? And we'll be like, that's not me. I, I'm fine. You know, I'll man up, right? That is the classic man up. So I, what I want to kind of kind of I guess unpick really is is how maybe people listen to this podcast you know a lot of the guys listen to this because like you say they've gotten to a point in their life where they want to you know fix their physical health but there's a huge mental health issue around that as well and how we can effectively not I don't say wake up but just become more aware of the fact that actually you know maybe our, our we are getting in our own way of having that life that we you know we all strive for right we're on this kind of rat race we're on this treadmill we're running towards next bigger house next best job the next holiday you know everything external but nothing internal so how do mm. how does someone listening to this kind of almost do a little bit of an assessment that kind of that stop and say actually am I all right? Is this right? You know, kind of how, how do we start to unpick that really? Well, I think the key word there is awareness. So we can't make any, any change without becoming aware first. And that lies the problem for some people, but presuming um, people are listening to your podcast, they're kind of already on that trajectory of like, I want my life to be different. Otherwise they yeah. wouldn't, they wouldn't be here. So what I would say to people is at first become aware of what those niggling thoughts are. Um, it's like a little whisper of our intuition that's like this isn't right this isn't right but we then just plow on by going oh no come on I'll just go to work and I've got to earn the money and you know as you say mortgages um, responsibility uh, routine 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 
So just um, taking the time to actually step back and listen to that whisper um, and see what's going on there would be my first port of call. And the other thing that's really important and we don't get taught is values. Like why, why are you even getting up in the morning to go on your two hour commute to, to work, to work a 10 hour day, to come back miserable and knackered and moody. Yeah. So um, if, you, if you become aware of your values and what you're actually living for um, and why, more importantly, why you're living, you can create a really lovely lifestyle for yourself without actually having to do any dramatic changes like changing your career or buying a brand yeah. new car or you know going and having an affair or whatever it is you, because you're living true to what you you know what you believe in yeah. but because we're not taught that we just live i mean we're, we're creatures of habit so we live an automatic life probably um that we haven't questioned so you know you go to school you go to university you get the corporate job you earn your money you buy the house you get the girl you have the children you know and yeah. then you get hit to 44 and you go what the fuck excuse my yeah. language but you know it's just yeah. like whoa what happened here so I think if we one get aware and to get really clear on what matters to us most yeah. we can then start to live an authentic life yeah and I think that's so important isn't it I think when you and I first spoke, you mentioned the analogy of the Truman Show. And that's really yeah. resonated with me because I just think, I think we are like that, right? Because it's almost like, well, so, you know, person down the road is doing it, you know, friends and family or, you know, acquaintances are all doing the same thing. We're all on this kind of unconscious um, treadmill that we call life, aren't we? And I think- yeah values part of it and I, I i i completely agree with what you're saying <clears throat> in so much as i wasn't talked about values when i was younger no one said anything about values to me but that's how we're driven unconsciously by our values right whether we know mm -hmm. them or whether we don't and so you know i've started to do my values now i, I make it kind of fairly irregular thing to do to kind of check in but again i think there's a kind of a stigma around to it because and there will be people listening to this that, saying that oh, values what do I need to do, know my values for but like I've just said we are driven by it aren't we so kind of yeah if people want to then start that process start to unpick this and, and discover what their values are that that's going to feel uncomfortable first of all um but second of all how do they start to start kind of working that out yeah, so yeah, you're right. It is uncomfortable, but all change is uncomfortable um, until we then step into it and then we can move forward. So what I would say is that, um, you know, to, to face each day with a bit of courage is is good yeah. for us, right? Yeah. Um, and unpicking your values, if you're already feeling a bit um, nonplussed about life and you feel like you're on the Truman Show or you feel like you're on the treadmill, yeah. then actually that's uncomfortable in itself. It's just an uncomfortable feeling that you're familiar with. So what we're doing is asking you to move into that unfamiliar, uncomfortable feeling um, with courage and compassion. And the way I would do it, first of all, is um, like you say, just kind of look at your life as you are at the moment. And the things that you get triggered by generally speaking will be the things that there's an underlying value so for example um my sister talks uh, um she talks about it the other day actually about a time when 
um, I was I was a child and another child was being racially abused by a group of boys right. and they spat on this girl right. and I I wouldn't have been any bigger than her but I went and I sort of sorted it out yeah. um, now my value of kindness as a 12 yeah. 13 year old kicked into action there um, and I, I, it was almost instinctive that I had to do something about it. Like I, there was not that I couldn't just stand by and let that happen. Yeah. So that kind of uncovers a value that kindness, fairness, equality is is part of part yeah. of my ecology. So I often, and it's quite fun to kind of uh, ask people, you know, if you're in a, if you're at a party and somebody says something and you you get quite grumpy one just check that it's not your ego and it's not yeah. something about um you know am i just trying to look good or cool or you know um or they're just pissing me off because they're telling me the truth sometimes yeah. we get triggered when the truth hits us in the face um but once you've checked in with that then more often than not there's an underlying value that you can work on and then once you've once you've kind of got that as a basis you can then ask yourself the question so what's what's important about kindness for example mm. and then you go okay well you know I think if everybody was kind we'd have a better work world well why is that important and then you can kind of dig deeper as to what the actual core value is um and I think the important thing to note to understand about values well, there's a couple of things is say for instance loyalty is a value of mine yeah. and loyalty is a value of yours my my definition of loyalty might be very different to yours so again when we're talking about that we need to be very clear on what that means to you yeah so once i've established maybe the top three to five values with people i right. then ask them to write what it means to them and then they've got an inventory like how did i show up today mm. did i align with my values if if one of my values is health and I go on a massive bender on a Friday night and then eat KFC and, um, you know, uh, crisps all day Saturday, I'm not aligning with my value of health. And that's okay as a one-off. It's yeah. a bit of a checking point. But if you're consistently doing that, then potentially it's a value that you think you should have um, yeah. based on society versus one that actually is true to you. Yeah. Um, so that's the first important thing is to understand that it's... Um, you know, it's, it's personal to you that can't be taken away. It's not a goal. It's not tangible. It's something that's part of who you are. It brings you home. And the second one that I find really interesting is um, when it comes to relationships, and this can be relationships at home, it can be relationships in the workplace, is that just because I value something, we can't expect somebody else to. Right. Yeah. So again, you know, if I value loyalty and you perhaps don't, and you and I... I don't know, let's say, for instance, you and I um, did a did a coaching session and one of my clients went and the client said, oh, I'd rather go with you, um, Darren, do you mind? And you went, yeah, go on, come with me and took my client without kind of talking to me about it first. Yeah. I might be really upset by that and go, how could he do it? Mm. But if you're if one of your core values isn't loyalty, then you're going to be, why is she getting so upset about it? Like, yeah. it's all good. You yeah. know, there's enough for the picking. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, just understanding that what we hold dear to us might not be what somebody else 90 percent of the time isn't what somebody else. Um, and I find that really great for relationship building because you you can kind of identify, like, okay, I'm, I'm getting upset about this, but actually, yeah, I, that's only because this is what I feel passionately about. 
maybe this person doesn't yeah. and so it, it it opens the doors for conversation rather than shooting somebody down and saying well I don't want to be friends with that person because they're they're mean yeah. or whatever it might yeah. be yeah and I think that's that's really um important because not just friendships but obviously relationships marriages partners and all the rest of it if you start to understand people's values or or their values you know it can de-stress situations but also you then understand why that person is like you say get triggered in certain ways and you might be dismissive of their reaction to a situation but if their value if that's triggered one of their values then obviously that's the reason why right and we don't do any of that do we we just kind of end up in relationship (laughs) marriages and all the kind all the rest of it and unconsciously kind of navigate our way through it and then and that's why conflict occurs but you know as this all comes back to mental health for me it's kind of that kind of helps your mental health from the perspective of it de-stresses the situation because you have more understanding you're more conscious aren't you yeah absolutely and um you know we do run on five percent I think it is of our conscious mind the rest of it is conditioned um, and completely unconscious so it's really important for us to step out of that unconscious habit loop that we're in just as much as we're in a habit of brushing our teeth in the morning um, and having a cup of tea or coffee um, a lot of our behaviors are unconscious as well so if we're looking to strengthen relationships in any area um, of our lives then it pays to 100 percent look within and take responsibility for how you're reacting to a situation and instead of then going into like victim mentality or blame or it's you know it's not me it's them you can really go okay well what's going on for me here what's what what am i making this mean and then from there we can start to kind of like unravel what might be going on and actually most of the time we end up smiling because you go okay it's got absolutely nothing to do with the fact that they didn't pick up their trousers off the floor and everything to do with the fact that I don't feel valued by this person because he's not picking up the trousers from the floor so it can be really I mean and that's why I do what I do because when guys come to see me the 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 um, partners that they're with notice an instant change in them and the energy starts to shift and they're able to have conversations which they might not have had for for decades yeah um so it's yeah it's it's wonderful work when you start to like I say, have the courage to look at it. Yeah, definitely. And it's having that courage, right? It's having, it's removing the ego. It's kind of getting out of your own way. It's accepting that, you know, things aren't perhaps the way that you want them to be, but things can change, right? And like you said in the beginning, yeah. <clears throat> we don't like change, but it doesn't have to mean massive change, but it, you know, it changes perhaps in the direction which means that life is not perceived as being so stressful as, as what it might be you know, before you kind of do this work. So in terms of how this then affects people's careers, because obviously that's a large kind of majority of time that we spend is is obviously at work and things like that. What kind of um, issues have people come to you with before around, you know, stresses in the workplace? Yeah, I think um, one of the major things that I see is... um, like business owners I've, I've seen quite a few business owners where they're at a crossroads right so they've worked relentlessly to to build their business up and it's um it's no mean feat being a business owner in this day and age and they've got themselves to a point where maybe their children are growing up um, right. and they're realizing that they haven't got as much time 
left with their children um and they've got some decisions to make as to to how much time they want to allocate to certain things um wherever there's a group of other human beings there's always going to be issues so um i guess it's a case of um in terms of problem solving I like to look at it from the perspective of how much energy am I going to expend on this person if they're not going to have any positive impact on my life. So um, in terms of a business owner, if they've got an employee who's, you know, constantly phoning in sick or, you know, is isn't performing to the standard that they potentially should be, they've got three choices. They either let it fester and stick yeah. their heads under the sand. They um, have the, the chat with the person and they sort it out or they leave the situation altogether. So it's kind mm. of always, always looking at that 100% responsibility. What is it that's triggering me? How much energy do I want to spend on it? And what am I going to do? So it's um, Victor Frankl, who was um, an Auschwitz survivor. He summed it up nicely. Three choices in life. We either, one, stay and complain and we don't change our mindset. Yeah. Two, we stay and we change our mindset. We change the perception, um, and which check, it automatically changes the external environment. Or three, we get out. Now, if you're in Auschwitz, you can't get out. Nice. So your other option is to lose hope and die or you change your perspective. And so for him, he would very much um, kind of create purpose within his day. Mm. Um, and there's, um, I mean, his book is, is, is beautiful, but... Um, that's pretty much how I tend to live my life and I ask others to as well because it's yeah. taking that 100% responsibility. Basically stress, um, and, and the way I like to um, kind of describe it to my clients, is a bit like a two-year-old having a tantrum because you've told them <laughs> no, they can't have a packet of sweets yeah. in the supermarket. And I think if you're a parent or even if you've been in a supermarket, you will have witnessed a child literally throwing a full tantrum because uh, they can't get what they want essentially stress is us pulling a tantrum because life isn't showing us what we want it to be and you know don't get me wrong in the past I've been a drama queen and I can certainly stamp my feet now like we're not immune to this stuff that it's a constant daily practice but what gets me out of that triggered state is imagining me just throwing myself on the floor and like <laughs> fully thrashing my arms around. And it kind of makes you just go, this is, this is, ri- this is ridiculous. Like, mm. and, and actually, do I want to be a victim to my circumstance? And the answer is always no. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point that you made there as well is, uh, is around the fact that, you know, life isn't perfect. And um, yes, you might do all of this work and become more aware, more conscious, know your values and all that kind of stuff. But life is going to give you a curveball. And, you know, whilst you might be more centered, more aware, and things might be going in a better trajectory on a, in a better way, you know, it, it's fine to have these ups and downs, right? And it's not a case of you just are, you know, collapsing on the floor and everything's kind of imploding. It's life will throw and present you situations, you know, to kind of test and challenge us, right? And so it's, it's yeah. how we then respond to that. Uh, and the other point you made is around perspective. Um, and I think it's so, so important that, you know, we understand that our perspective, my view, my lens on life is going to be different to your wives, to your kids, to your work colleagues, family. And that's a real distinct um, difference that I've kind of had a shift in, to be honest, because once you understand that, you're like, actually, no, that's, that's, you know, 
this person is seeing this situation because of their lens, right? And you're seeing this situation because of your lens. And it's understanding that. Yeah. Um, which I think is really, yeah, really that's important. a really, yeah, su- super, super important. And when we do that, it um, it releases expectation, our expectation of the other person being the person we want them to be in the moment. Yeah. And um, it's it's powerful, really powerful stuff. Um, and again, it's it's having the ability to take the ego out of it mm. um, and understand that if your end game is calm, balance, love. Um, yeah. And I say love in the most general term, yeah. um, then that could quite possibly be the most powerful tool in your toolkit is to be able to to be able to zoom out and get perspective and put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Yeah, definitely. And so when when we kind of are, are, we're doing this work and we're you know obviously we've spoken about career, we've spoken about relationships, but then then speaking about you know children and your relationship with the children or how you would like the children to be brought up how does this this work help us in kind of I guess for want of a better word parent better because you know show up better for our children yeah well I think again it comes back down to that um understanding that we're most of us are running on that unconditioned um on our conditioned mind should I say so that unconscious um space and that unconscious space comes from Um, our parent figures or the person that's been there in the first three years of life so essentially that we we want to be taking away the shoulds and our expectations of our children and showing up and role modeling how we want to behave how we would like them to behave Um, and I know that when I um, am in a high stressed um, sort of anxious um I call it the pilgrim state um, because we come from a lineage of um, roller coaster family. Yeah. But I know when I'm triggered and I'm I'm, on, I'm unconscious and I've gone into my old patterns, I I get quite um, I'm doing stuff all the time. Um, I'm quite short. I'm disconnected with who I'm with. Um, it's probably really quite difficult to live with. Yeah. Um, I know that when I'm like that, my daughter in particular, she starts to model that behavior. Right. And I talked earlier, I sort of mentioned earlier about sometimes when we get triggered and it's not about a value, it's often because it's our own, yeah. you know, our own learning that's being being presented to us from the external. And she mirrors my behavior. So if I'm highly charged, then she is. And then I get cross with her and then I have to step back and go, ah, <laughs> monkey see monkey do here we yeah. go and as soon as I reframe and I settle down and I use the techniques that I've got to bring myself back to my center oh what a surprise mm. um, we get order back in the house so I think when it comes to parenting less of the expectation that Johnny should be um, you know passing all his exams in order to be a decent human being and he needs to be in all the top sports teams and the chess club mm. um, actually going what does little Johnny want is Mm. he trying his best and and am I modeling um the behavior that I would like to see my next generation of human being so for me I'm working hard to break the pilgrim gene Mm. so that my my children can respond a bit quicker and they get unhooked so they can go through life uh, kind of with less um intensity of those emotions and know how to to handle them Um, but and unless you've got that awareness and willing to put the time in to do the work yourself, then your children are just going to pick up the yeah. 
the best and the worst parts of yourself <laughs> yeah it's so it's so true isn't it it's um yeah. it's definitely monkey see monkey do you know children don't do what you say they do what you do um and yeah. they do they do you know if anyone listened to this just take a moment today just to see how the kids behave and and they definitely reflect back at you the way that you behave and it's an uncomfortable thing to see sometimes or a nice thing if they're doing yeah. stuff that you know that you, you like them to or you believe that they should be doing so yeah I think that yeah, there's... Got a, a... sorry go on oh sorry I was going to say I've got a prime example actually just to kind of put it in context for your listeners but um a few years ago um we as a family played social football um okay. and um and there was a couple of you know a couple my son he probably was only six or seven and we were playing adults and he was oh, he was awesome like it was really lovely so it's mum dad cousins and sister yeah. and then a couple of other guys and um I was massaging one of the guys and I was saying oh you know I just don't understand Jack he puts on, he puts so much pressure on himself at school mm. and he was only little um you know he puts so much pressure on himself at school and I I don't I just want him to be him mm. and um you know and he gets really worried about sport and and he just started laughing and I said what, what are you laughing at and he goes Anna I've seen you you and Greg at football he said <laughs> you demand the best of yourselves not yeah. of Jack like you demand the best yeah. of yourselves and in your careers in your relationships like you you set the bar high so yeah. it doesn't matter if you're telling him um you know that it doesn't matter jack don't worry about it because his message is well my mum and dad are shooting for the stars yeah. so i've got to and that was sobering actually because yeah. um i mean that was probably yeah, a good six six or seven years ago now and it's it's stuck with me mm. just how powerful um like our behaviors are as opposed to don't worry about it darling it's okay because actually the work for me is to be okay with being not having to be the best yeah. and once I've done that work then perhaps Jack will believe me <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah I think it's yeah. yeah it's like you say it's very sobering and it's um sometimes uncomfortable to kind to kind of see that being played out um but yeah it's yeah it comes back to what we said you know they they do what we do not what we say so so we've yeah. spoken about you know lots of different areas Anna um in terms of you know obviously you, you've spoken about men's mental fitness like we go to the gym or like we concentrate on our nutrition you know this is an element um that if life isn't going in the way that you want it to we need to kind of work on and it's not something that you just do on a one-off basis so in your program of work and what you do how do you break that down because a lot of people listen to this will be time poor right and then be like oh it's just another thing right but AI would say it depends what's important to you in life, right? And if life's not going the way that you want it to, then it's for you to find that time. Well, not find that time. You make that time. So how would they then start to then go about to kind of unpick doing their values, you know, being more reflective, more conscious, more aware? Um, well, great question. And that's really funny you should say about it's just another thing because that's the exact words one of my clients used a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just another thing. And I said, yeah. okay, so out of your other things, what are you, I'm just using them as an example, like what are you getting out of saying that you're so busy? And, um, you know, because we we all like to get attached to an identity. Now, this person was attached to the identity of being busy. Yeah. Um, but the health 
was struggling as a result and mindset because they just felt like they weren't doing anything particularly well because they were so busy. So the first things first is get clear on your values because that can bring you that can bring you home. It sets boundaries. So I'm I'm much more capable now of saying no to things that don't align with my my personal values, my business values. So for example, I'm I've never been give or take a few nights I've never been a massive drinker I've never felt comfortable drinking um but I used to go out and do it anyway because I thought that that was the way that I should socialize um and I felt a bit of an outcast if I'm honest if I didn't so but now I've done the work I kind of know that there's other ways to enjoy other people's company so to stay in alignment with my values of being authentic you'll very rarely see me out on the booze Mm. not to say that I don't like to have a good time but I want to be authentic and just trying to fit in with the crowd doesn't work for me. Yeah. So using your values actually creates time because now by saying no to the pub on the Friday night or, or whatever it might be, I'm just using me as an example because yeah. it's easy. It creates more time one mentally because I'm not going, Oh, I said yes to go to the pub and now I've got four days to go or oh, three days to go. Oh, can I make an yeah. excuse? Oh, so the mental energy that I've talked about, which is really important that we reduce our mental load um has been reduced yeah but equally um it's created more time for me to maybe go to the gym or go for i I live by the sea so go to the beach with a mate or you know connect in some other way so values like 100 percent. the other thing again is understanding like i said right at the very beginning we are on the road to death yeah and that is a really good reminder and and they call it momento mori in um, in Latin, and it basically mm. says, you know, we're for every day that we're living, just remember that we're not going to get it back. And whenever I go into this sort of slump of, because we all do, we're only human, I just remind myself of that. And it's not to put pressure on and to do more, but it's like, okay, how do I want to respond and behave in this moment? Yeah. And how is not nourishing my body, or how is moving away from health? gonna help me in the long run because certainly we know that if we don't eat the right foods we're not fueling our body um if we're not moving our body which was it was designed to do and if we're not getting enough sleep then we can't possibly have a a decent mindset we can't possibly ask our body and our brain to be optimal and make high pressured decisions or not even high pressured like important decisions about your family and um so i guess it would be taking a look at what you're doing asking yourself what's giving you energy and what's taking energy away and what what are you prepared to um let go of in order to make space for the good stuff yeah i think it's um it's having we've spoken about a lot but it's it's having that awareness that something does need to change and i think i don't know obviously a lot of listeners listening to this but for me personally it was about I had to get to that conclusion myself yeah. um, rather than somebody saying to me you need to change you need to do this you need to do that because automatically and I think a lot of men are like this really is you will push that away and yeah. dismiss it and say oh, I'm fine I'm all right but actually but just taking that moment just to reflect um to kind of determine whether or not you are all right or whether or not you know you do need to make changes is the first step really and then like you say kind of making that time or taking that time is just so important for us more now than ever and I think 
you know, the purpose is why I do the podcast, purpose why I've got you on today is really so that people can just have that awareness that it doesn't have to be perhaps how it is um, at the moment. But that doesn't mean necessarily to say that it's bad. You know, again, it's coming back, coming, it comes back to the fitness. You can always like have a little step change, have a little improvement, go in a different area and improve a different part of your fitness, so to speak. And this is no different, is it, Anna? What we're talking about now, it's just that we've not done that historically, have we? You know, men haven't done this kind of work. Um, and I just think that it will definitely have, even if, you know, people are listening to this and you're not struggling and life is amazing, right? You can still do this work just to understand you, you yourself better, but not only that, your relationships, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's it's funny because I, 20 years ago now, I worked in the um, in the rugby space, and this sort of stuff wasn't talked about at all. No. Um, but fast forward 20 years, and everybody in in the sports arena has got access to a sports psychologist. Yeah. So if you've got the best of the best choosing to work on their mental game. Yeah. that says something it speaks volumes and um if you listen to any podcast with dan carter he mm -hmm. will inspire you to look into um sort of going down that sort of mental fitness route because it's where we it's where it begins yeah. i know for me um i'd have clients personal training clients that would show up and they would maybe they were tired maybe they'd had a rough day at work but as soon as we managed to change the sh sort of the mental shift they got more out of their workout. Yeah. Now, if I'd have um, said, oh yeah, isn't life rubbish? Yeah, I really, yep, okay, <laughs> don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, let's just cancel, shall we? Yeah. They would have let themselves off the hook. So, um, so it's again about kind of, it, it starts with the mind. So it, it, it always baffles me that people feel so scared to look into it. And mm. when I started in the coaching space, um, especially when I decided that I was going to go down in, into the men's um, specialism, a lot, a lot of my friends are male and they were like, oh, what, so you're not a counsellor then? And no, 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 no. And don't get me wrong, counselling has absolutely got absolutely, its space, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I work closely with uh, counsellors and psychologists. But coaching is about, this is where I'm at. This is where I want to be. There's a big gap in the middle. Um, what am I going to do about it? Yeah. And what then happens is we, we create this momentum because as human beings, we love um, unity and we yeah. love accountability. So what coaching will do is, well, you know, if you're telling me that you're not happy at work, what are you doing about it? Mm. <laughs> and then, it, you know, it, it kind of makes them go, oh, actually, no, I, I actually quite like my job and I'm going to stay yeah. here. Or... Mm, no now it's now it's I'm actually going to leave and within a, literally within a few weeks they're gone they've they've made those changes um, positively and time and time again we see it so 20 years ago when I started personal training hardly anyone had a personal trainer fast forward 10 years everyone had a trainer and it didn't yeah. matter if you were um, a teacher or a lawyer everyone had a trainer it became the thing that if you want to get results I'm going to invest in my health yeah I, I, feel like slowly but surely we're starting to get um to that kind of way of being when it comes to um, mental fitness coaching but there's still a long way to go because of this um she'll be right um yeah. kind of this 
I'll suck it up. It's they're the ones with the problem, not me um, mentality. And until we start talking about that, we're just, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to sign up for something like coaching for sure. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's, um, and use the sport analogy there. You know, if you look at a lot of successful sportsmen, they have had uh, a coach, a mental health coach, um, or mental fitness coach for a long, long time. So there's um, the England and Spurs manager, Glenn Hoddle, um, is you know, yes. he's now. He, yeah. he was one of the first to bring it into football a long, long, 20, 30 years yeah. ago. Uh, and, and he had a Reiki. He had a healer yeah. or something as well, yeah. didn't he? Like, he I mean, did. just my goodness. Talk about ahead of his time. Yeah, and exactly. But then if you look at the association with kind of men and football, you would never, ever believe that that would be in football. And then if you look at Johnny Wilkinson, one of the most successful um, English rugby players, he has had a mental health coach as well, and he's hugely spiritual now. So what I'm not saying is you you flip from where you are to going really deeply spiritual. The point, and as you say, is that this thing inside our head, which is effectively the control center of what we do, if you don't get that right, the rest of everything that goes on isn't going to necessarily go in the way that you want it to go to. Um, so, yeah, I, I know I personally have worked with a psychologist. I'm very into coaching and people helping me through certain areas of life now, because if you look at an Olympic athlete, for example, he won't go to the Olympics in four years time. Um, without having any coach they'll have all number of coaches to help them perform better and that is all we're talking about today isn't it really it's whatever area of life you want to improve there will be people that are outside that have that different lens that have that different perspective that can help you through and obviously that's the work you know that you do Um, obviously you're in New Zealand so it's not necessarily one-to-one but we're hoping to get you into the UK um to help um and do some sessions over here so it yeah guys listen i really would advise you to to kind of check out um anna's website and her socials and stuff and she's writing an amazing book and i'm sure it will be amazing when it comes out um so how can how can people connect with you anna how can people find out more about you and and all the good stuff that you're doing Well, thank you. Um, I'm so lucky in that I've got a a strong um, kind of community back in the UK, which draws me back home. Well, pre-COVID, I was coming back um, most years. So really excited to be able to do some face-to-face work um, in 2022-23, hopefully with you um, moving forward. Um, Also do one-on-one coaching via Zoom, uh, which is is amazing. It's really made the world a smaller place. So I'm able to kind of spread the word that way as well. Um, but I'm my biggest project this year is writing a book and it's called Only Human. And the reason I've done that is um, for the fact that it is quite a step to go from I'm feeling average to, oh, yes, I'll hire a coach. It's even a step to start looking, um, you know, lurking around on the on the Internet and kind of doing a bit of a search on it. If you're in a space where this stuff is completely brand new to you. So Only Human is kind of bridging the gap between what I do and my philosophies um, uh, in in book format. And it covers my men's approach, which is mindset, exercise, nutrition and sleep, which are the four pillars that I kind of work from. And then, of course, values is a huge section. Stress is a very big section. 
Um, I cover um, um, the importance of connection, the importance of, you know, having a good social network and having people outside of your family that you can rely on as well. So we, we've become so insular. We've stopped asking for help. Yeah. Like we're, we're just in a, a really odd place around the world. I thought it would be different in New Zealand, but it's, it's not. Um, in that we're rubbish at asking for help. Yeah. Um, but asking for help is actually the biggest gift that you can give somebody because most people love to help out. Yeah. So um, it's the book is really about connecting with yourself, connecting with others, and just living this life with the passion that we all deserve to live with. Just get off the treadmill, you know, break out of the Truman Show and, and live the life that you want to live according to your terms. And that doesn't mean you know, leaving your family and going off to the Himalayas or, um, you know, doing anything outrageous. It just means taking control and actually sitting down with your partner and going, what, do we actually want the house? Yeah. You know, I know for for my husband and I, we don't want the big house and we don't want the, um, we we, we, we don't want the picket fence. We want um, to be able to go traveling when the kids are older. We want to be able to support them um, the best we can but the message we want them to have is go do whatever you want to do as long as you're kind and it makes you happy. Mm. Um, and we'll be in the camper van uh, traveling <laughs> the world when you've gone. So, you know, we don't aspire to, no. um, you know, put pressure on ourselves to, to get the next thing, which is, which is my thing. I know yeah. plenty of people who do want that security and that's absolutely their dream to follow. But I think that's the important thing is making sure it is your dream. So um, Only Human talks about all of those important things. Um, Probably the best place to find me is on my website. And then that will send you to the to the socials, which is freshcoaching.me. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll put all the links to your socials and everything else down uh, in the show notes. Um, But yeah, it's, it's been a fantastic discussion and one which maybe we need to do a part two on then go, go, go a bit more deeper. Um, but yeah, I, I really <laughs> yeah, appreciate um, your time today. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast um, and yeah, watch this space for hopefully for more, for more stuff that we, we can do together. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to working with you and I appreciate your time. And now you can go and have your breakfast and I'll enjoy <laughs> my roast. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Thanks Anna. Take care. All right. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes. And a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com.